0: episode of the Packin' Up Pod. We talk a little bit about what's going on this offseason, and look ahead to our schedule. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice, and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at The Packers Pod.
1: He's helped, especially on Will Harris, as Aaron Jones... Aaron Jones, he's headed for the end zone, and he's going to
0: be in with a Packer touchdown. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents.
2: Yo, feels
1: good to be back. I feel like I've aged five years since we last talked.
2: It feels like five years into <laughs> right?
1: this talk. What is this microphone in front of me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. We're a little rusty. We're, we're in our OTAs right now, just going through the reps. <laughs> just we, doing sit-ups uh, on
1: the sideline.
0: Yeah, no pads, no stats. We're just kind of wigging it, seeing how things go. Uh, so we're going to start here. Who, in your kind of reading of Twitter and articles about what's going on in this, this minicamp, Who's standing out? Whose name are you hearing? Who are you excited to see back in action?
2: First on my list, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lead I'm gonna lead this in with something very cool because PFS PFF put out a list of eight third-year players that they think are ready to break out, and guess who made the list, boys? Oh yeah, Ryan Gary. Oh, say baby. It to <laughs> And, and Darnell Savage. Let's give him some credit too. But honestly, Rashawn Gary, I think he is prime to come out of his little shell that he's been in. Um, last year, he got very close a lot um, and I expect uh, Preston Smith to come back with a, you know, a little bit more umph this year um, and that will only help Rashawn Gary uh, increase that sack total.
1: I'm stoked for Rashawn Gary. No pun intended with our first round draft pick using the word stoke, but uh, Preston Smith slimming down, coming back a little leaner, and Coach is getting excited about him and Dean Lowry. Do you think the defense has a little chip on their shoulder with Aaron Rodgers stuff going
2: on? 100%. Yes.
1: Right? Like, oh, he doesn't think you know adding a bunch of talent to this side of the ball is helping the team. So I'm excited about the defense in general. It sounded like Stokes is, you know, from day one competing, maybe not just a spot on the field, but maybe for that number two spot and maybe that's just training camp hype but it sounded like he was playing some stellar defense for a, a rookie in OTA so um, the defensive side of the ball is definitely where I had my eyes uh, outside of the offensive line I think a lot of our young guys got quality reps because of injuries uh, but it'll be interesting to see who can sort of separate themselves from the rest of the pack and make a stake at a starter spot
0: yeah I think there's a lot of awesome storylines and I know it's it's somewhat hard to tell this early on because a storyline can be made out of anything that happens but <laughs> I, I'd agree like the second, yeah the secondary is, by all accounts seems like they're doing well again they're not necessarily going against Rogers, so we'll see what that is but the fact that Stokes and even John Charles has been sounding like he's been keeping up that now Kevin King becomes a legitimate just extra bonus to the secondary group. Uh, by all accounts, Mario Rogers has looked really clean. He's excited to be working with Adams every day. That's awesome. Here, my biggest standout is actually a guy that was chugging beers at a Bucks game last night, Bakhtiari. Mm, mm, <laughs> and if you see the video of Bakhtiari working out, you would have never ever guessed that he was projected to come back fourth, sixth week of the season. He looks so awesome. He looks fit. I hope it's one of those things that there's always a worry when it comes to knees, but it seems like he could come back trim somehow faster than he is before. I'm really, really excited to hopefully him get over this obstacle and we have a healthy guy from day one.
2: Yeah, great, great call out. And let, let's just point this out that our first three picks in this year's draft should probably be on the field. Come game one or game two. I mean, like, that hasn't happened for the Packers in the past. You know, normally it takes some time for a top pick to hit the field. So (laughs) I'm excited to see Stokes. Myers, uh, you know, is almost locked up that center position. I mean, just don't mess up in training camp, and it's yours. And then Amari Rogers, they're they're saying that he's already um, lining up in the backfield in practice and doing end-arounds and other things. So I I can't wait to see how they use all three of those uh, draft picks. And
1: Josiah D'Aguara being back. I'm just envisioning Ryan said Bakhtiari's coming back faster. I'm just picturing more memes of him sprinting downfield.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's just exciting. I mean, we you look at what we did this postseason, and I know it didn't end how it should have, but the fact that D'Aguara we didn't have for the entire season, he looked so good. We obviously didn't have Bakhtiari for that latter half. I, I just... It, It excites me to know we had the number one offense in the NFL and we were missing pieces that could have given us at least more options to be a better offense. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's super exciting. And let's talk about this guy. Uh, Our recent addition for the Green Bay Packers, linebacker Campbell, spent some time out in Arizona, was originally drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. I'm just going to throw out these stats, keeping in mind that his contract is a one-year deal for $2 million, but half of that is purely signing bonus. He has started 70 out of the last 75 games, 462 tackles, 7.5 sacks, 6 forced fumbles, and 3 interceptions. The biggest thing with this inexperienced linebacker core is the ability to A, have a veteran, B, that somewhat adds something to this defense, and C, seems to at least be able to play a majority of the games.
2: Great call-outs. I said before we started uh, that I think is a better signing than Kirksey. Now, I am a little surprised that we didn't, uh, like, flirt with K.J. Wright out there because I really like his play. Um, But like you said, Devondre Campbell is a solid linebacker, and he's always on the field. You know, that's, that's one thing that we had to struggle with last year. Everybody was injured, so we were just sort of rotating guys. Whoever was the healthiest sort of played the most. Um, having this guy come in hopefully knock on wood, you know he he's healthy again but the fact that we signed him for two million dollars when when last year when he was getting signed to the Cardinals he was like a top linebacker pickup. um you know he he's succeeded he's had over ninety combined tackles four out of the five seasons. Um, his play recognition is amazing he he's known for tackles for loss um he he gets a couple sacks every now and then. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see how they incorporate it into, you know, with Chris Barnes and uh, Kamal Martin. Um, because I, I think the three of them combined have everything that we need.
1: Yeah, let's do a pulse check on your excitement. <laughs> Week one, regular <laughs> season, first play of the game. Devondre Campbell comes out as your starting middle linebacker. Are you happy about that?
2: I'll be a little sad just because i'm a chris barnes fan um you know unrestricted free agent you know working his ass off to make the team um and really proving himself throughout the year so i'm sort of rooting for him to just take that next step but i'd be perfectly happy with campbell being out there
1: you would i was i was torn on if i'd be excited for that situation or not you know he's he's productive he's shown it at the nfl level it would show that we have depth at middle linebacker, but it would concern me for Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes that, you know, he comes in off the street, sort to of speak. I mean, he was available for a reason, and, and, you know, they don't win the starting position. So from a long-term perspective, I don't know if I'd be happy if he's starting week one, but I love what they did from a depth perspective. K.J. Wright and Jordan Hicks I would have preferred, but when you look at his productivity for $2 million a year, It's a nice addition. I'm not excited. I think it's a nice addition, though, at a spot that needed it. So it's a conservative Packer pickup, and it sort of just checks the box.
0: Yeah, I I think it just goes back to the fact of how much time Kirksey lost last year and how many plays we thought he would make that he didn't. The fact that this guy's coming off a a season in which he was 80% of defensive snaps he played. He was in all 16 games for the Cardinals. At at this point, with how we've talked about already this podcast— you know this edge rushing presence we have. I'm okay with one of these units just being like, "Can you make tackles and play every game? Cool." Like, uh, we'll eventually grow. I agree with you completely that Barnes and Martin need to make that next step this year. But I'm I I love it. I don't know. So another another player before we move on. Another player that stood out. I forgot about this
2: uh, rookie T.J. Was- Slayton.
1: Oh, I was going to ask you about Jawan Winfrey. I thought that's where you were going.
2: Oh, no, you you could talk about him next. But T.J. Slayton, uh, I was a little worried about. But everything that's been coming out about him, the little that there is, um, it seems like he's extremely athletic, even though he's coming in at 6'4", 330 pounds. Um, So it would be great to have somebody (laughs) behind Kenny Clark. What were you worried um, about, Josh? (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't know <laughs> the run game um, but uh, but I, I just hope that he, he can stay on board and keep keep motivated um, to, to actually provide us a second defensive tackle or even line up a D end uh, occasionally to help with that run defense with that size
1: at 330 at dn with zadarius over the center that'd be an interesting formation mm, yeah was was i i mean my question was stated in jest but was it just the weight that had you worried like if his motivation once he got a paycheck uh
2: yeah motivation once he got to the league uh i'm I, i'm always skeptical of florida players uh <laughs> it, 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 their, their history has not proven well
1: well-known so. academic institution
0: yeah very what are you talking about they murder no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> zing, zing, zing. <laughs> all right let's let's
1: just bring up jawan winfrey since he's been like the twitter love and everyone's writing articles about him uh you got on your left hand uh it means something and he's going to compete for the roster or you got on your right hand or the other side of the coin training camp
0: fodder where do you guys sit
2: i think he's going to show off and get signed by somebody
0: else yeah this has the making of a. Uh... Well, would you want to just roll the dice with this guy, or bring back St. Brown, and ultimately they'll they'll go safe this route, and he will be somewhere else.
2: It, it's a hard spot to be, and and it's sort of like our secondary. Our, our secondary is very deep too, with like Christian Uphoff coming. You know, on, you know, he, he's a great player, but has some growth to do. You know, Juwan Winfrey, yeah, he's showing up, but you know, we got Funchess coming back. You know, we got. EQ. We got other guys that have been here and shown that they can do it, you know, not on a great scale, but is Juwan Winfrey the next Devontae Adams? I don't think so. So it it would be very hard for him to make the team, I think.
0: What a transition. Let's talk about Mr. Devontae Adams because the other big talk as of late, is his contract, which is in its final year. They have officially begun between his agent and the front office, the beginning stages of a contract discussion. He came out, I believe today, and even said, I want to be a Packer for life, which is super exciting, which I also wouldn't expect him to say anything else when people are trying to throw around That's what a you gotta do. lot of money. So I want to throw out a few, few stats. Let's just do a reminder of what this man did last year. And this is with time missed. 115 receptions, 1,374 yards, and 18 touchdowns, which led the NFL. Him and Rodgers in the last five seasons, which there's half of that equation that we don't know about, have 19 more touchdowns than any other QB receiver duo in the entire NFL during that span. Numbers-wise you got Hopkins in Arizona making 27 mil a year. Rumor is that it would be a minimum of 25, but he might be saying, if you want me, I need to be the top receiver in the NFL, which would mean four years, $110 million for Devontae Adams. With question marks at quarterback, are we doing anything in our power to keep him in Green Bay? Yes.
2: Uh, you yeah. have to. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: next topic.
2: Trade Rogers, sign Adams.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Trade Rogers, sign Adams. He's 38, so a four year deal takes him to 32, 33, and that's where we can
2: question. 28, 28. He's 28.
1: 28. <laughs> Sorry. 38.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think it's time for his career to start declining. <laughs> no, 28 is what I meant. So, uh, yeah, my apologies. So, you know, at 32, 33, that's when you can question, you know, how much do you want to pay for a guy that's about to decline? But the way this guy creates separation, he's an asset independent of your quarterback. And if you know anything about Devante Adams, um, he takes care of himself. And I mean that in the best of ways, like he's going to make sure he maximizes his profit on this deal. He's never been one to hurry himself back from an injury. He wants to be healthy before he gets back on the field. He understands the long-term implications of playing in the NFL and he understands he has you know but few opportunities you know one of three opportunities to sign a contract in the NFL and I don't expect him to leave any money on the table so I, I thought the 25 mil number being tossed around I know they're uh, classifying it as a minimum but I think even 25 mil is is too low I, I don't I think he's gonna look at DeAndre Hopkins 27 uh, base average salary and be like yeah I'm 27 five look at my numbers and yep. if if he's not on the phone with Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what he's doing because he's like, bro, I got a lot of money on the line. Let's go. <laughs> <Get back. laughs> but, yeah, I think you I think you resign him. The value of a number one wide receiver uh, is there in today's NFL. You know, we debated number one running back value. But to have a Devonta Adams paired with an Aaron Jones for the next, you know, three years after this year uh, is invaluable. So, yeah, you, you pay the guy.
2: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm willing to gamble on him past four years. Uh, the reason being, you know, I, can, I like to compare him to a Larry Fitzgerald, Jerry Rice. His game is not based off of his speed. He creates separation based off of his quickness and his route running abilities. Um, you know, right. he, he's not a guy that's streaming down the field getting open for the deep balls. He's a guy creating space in the middle on the outside. Um, and, and catching in traffic. So a guy like that can last a lot longer in the NFL, um, especially since, since he doesn't take as many hits. Um, so I, I love how this guy plays. I don't That's want a good to point. lose him. Uh, bring him back.
1: That's a good point. You could see him productivity later into his career like a Anquan Bolden or a Larry Fitzgerald just from being crafty and intellectual and understanding the game and not relying on pure athleticism to get open.
0: I actually really, really like that Larry Fitzgerald talk. And let's just say the Packers continued to go trending to this very athletic tight end group. You have the speedsters, which you can get in every single draft. The fact that he fills a role, which is a very specific talent-based role, you're not going to find that in the NFL. Or it's going to be the long development time that he was himself. So. He's got to get paid. They got to figure it out. And I know that there's a whole lot of contracts that had to be restructured this year. It'll be the same way next year, but plus you'll have hopefully a substantial bump uh, to the salary cap. But it's he's just he's good. We're not talking about Aaron Jones. Is he top five in his position? We're talking about is Adams top five in NFL? Like it's it's incredible that he could stay in Green Bay long term. So homegrown. With that, let's look at this schedule, which, my my goodness, the Green Bay Packers have go, the go fourth, off, fourth hardest schedule in the NFL compared to opponents' records of last year, which I granted, take it with a grain of salt. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, fourth easiest in the NFL, so uh, what the F? Uh This gamut, which we we don't know who our quarterback is going to be, and these are our first four games. Fox game of the week at New Orleans, Monday night football at home against Detroit, Sunday night football in San Francisco, and then the CBS game of the week at home against Pittsburgh. So four primetime games in a row against three legitimate contenders in the NFL uh, it's just it's a gauntlet we're we're playing Cleveland, we're playing at Baltimore. we're playing at Kansas City again. We're playing at Arizona. Boys, we gotta be ready or this could be a very, very long season.
1: I'm gonna let Josh jump in because I have a different take on schedule analysis.
2: You know I you know this year could suck. This year could suck. <laughs> Let's just lay it out there, boys. It could be a bad well, cheers year. Cheers to that, boys. <laughs> you know, but I'm feeling optimistic because we do have a lot of returning players. Kevin King coming back, I don't think we know how much how huge that is because we all hated on him last year. But just having that safety blanket at a corner position that is very key in the NFL and having three op- or two options to fill it is very nice to have. Um, but with that said, my biggest worry is our O-line. Um, and with the schedule that we have, we're going to get beat up. Um, these are these are tough teams on the defensive line, um, and they they know how to, you know, ground and pound a lot of these guys. So it, it'll be interesting to see how our O-line holds up because they were already beat up after last year, um, especially Bach. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see how we go, but I, I – I'm feeling optimistic. You know, I'm feeling eight, eight, nine wins for sure. You know, for sure. We'll see.
1: I just think it's too soon. We have a tough schedule, and that's part of NFL, you know, priding itself on parity. So, like we were saying, off-air, you know, number one in the NFC North gets number one in the AFC West or AFC North, you know, whatever teams you're scheduled to play that year. How it always ends up that we're traveling to San Francisco and traveling to Kansas City, I don't understand. I remember the year I got married. San Francisco was there on a Monday night, so it it was only you know two and a half years ago. Uh, but you know Kansas City, I Josh went down there for a game. At, you know that was a Packers game. You were down there for, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, two years yeah. ago. Yeah.
1: yeah. So how how are we back there, but they have not gone up to Lambeau yet? That that part just uh you know I I know it's in the rules. Don't come at me with your rule book. I don't care about it. But you know how does that schedule get worked out? But you know you've got training camps where. Uh, you know, the I words happen to all teams. Uh, you've got preseason games. You've got coaching changes. There's just too much unknowns to start getting flustered about the schedule. So, what I figured we needed to do was it all the listeners that go on Instagram, I'm sure you see, you know, when you go to like the magnifying glass and you go through the search as a Packer fan, you get a bunch of Packer uh, like accounts that just do a bunch of memes and weird graphics and stuff. And, everyone comes out with their schedule predictions and so it's 17 weeks now and they do their or 17 games and they do their uh score or not score predictions but they do a win-loss predictions and most of them you're just like yeah it can make sense you argue one or two of them in your head but you know it's just sort of fodder to keep us all busy in the offseason but literally at this point considering our situation at quarterback and not knowing how any other team gets through the preseason we could just do a question mark and every week Except for the two games against the Lions, we could probably put a big green W in front of (laughs) (laughs) those. I just think it's not a bad idea. Yeah, it looks tough on paper, but we've said that before. And then I remember one year we were terrified of like a Panthers game, and then Cam Newton went to shit, and the Panthers were terrible. And it was like was gone, yeah, yeah. So just things like that happen. So on the on the opposite side of the coin. Teams see the Packers on the schedule, even coming to their home stadium, and they're fearful. And they're like, "How did we get the Packers? Couldn't we have gotten the Bears or the Lions?" So, I mean, we're a, a team to be feared as well. I don't think anyone has an easy ride in the NFL. The the teams that look like they have an easy schedule on paper, it's because they have a pretty shitty roster in the first place. So
0: I'll throw this out. There, knowing that we face in one way or another, New Orleans, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Washington, Arizona, Kansas City, Seattle, Cleveland, Baltimore. What do you think that Vegas has as our over/under for the year? Would you like to guess?
1: Are we even listed? We are listed. <laughs> Whoa, that's interesting.
0: Uh,
2: I I'd say like eight eight and a half.
0: That's where I was going. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> We are currently listed as 10 and a half. Whoa. <laughs> Which, uh, if we ended up going uh, 11 and 6, damn, this 17th game I, is going to screw me up. I would take 11 and 6. I would 100% take 11 and yeah, 6 right riding now. Yeah, ride that
2: love train. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> I still think Rodgers is back. and Maybe that's what Vegas is going at. I, I still think push comes to shove. Week one, he's back. All right, he, he may only have like one week of preseason, but do you really care? It's Aaron Rodgers.
2: I hope he doesn't show up for preseason and just lets Jordan Love get all the work, and let's see what happens.
1: Sure, that's, I mean that's what I'm saying too. He can show up a week before kickoff, and I'll be like, plug him in. He's he's starter.
2: And then he throws three interceptions, and we bench him.
1: He doesn't throw three interceptions in a half a season, much less a game. <laughs> <laughs> He knows the offense. He's friends with the team. He's friends with Lafleur. I don't see how he just leaves everyone high and dry and holds out. And I think the Packers understand the, the tone of everything that's happening. It They're both doing what's in their best interest right now and allowing the holdout to happen. But I think two months from now, he's on the field.
0: Well, from your lips to God's ears, because uh, we got too good of a team to just be wasting a year flip-flopping. Uh, all respect to love and Mr. Blake Bortles, but amen. <laughs> that will do it for this episode. We will be back at some time in the near future to discuss, especially as we start creeping into July and then into August, because September brings the official start to the 2021 NFL season. So until then, thanks, go back. Go.